the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Situation Report. This is the show where we do our very best every week to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Uh, it, It is impossible to navigate without the right information, and this is the place where hopefully you can find some of that to make better decisions in your life, for your family, and in your community. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker. I am your host today. Very glad to have you with me. And today we're jumping into really a conversation. This is less a topic and more a conversation with uh, one of the hosts of one of the largest internet shows on one of the largest internet platforms that you will find in conservative media, and I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, One of the ongoing discussions that I have and that we have here is about the media, just very broadly. We talk about corporate media, we talk about the mainstream media, we like to talk about mainstream media, or what Rush Limbaugh used to call the drive-by media. Uh, We talk about that in a very pejorative sense, in a very negative sense. I believe there are good people still in the mainstream that are trying to do the right thing, but they're very few and far between. Uh, We look at so many of the events that are happening in our country, so many things, and when we try to find the best information about what is actually happening, the biggest voices, at least the most well-funded and polished voices, are those voices who are controlling the narrative for a very specific and most of the time left-leaning agenda. Uh, This is a problem. Now, we can go back uh, many, many, many years and understand this has always been a challenge in the media, but now it seems like there is a wholesale investment in that corporate media to control the narrative around these political and social ideologies that for many of us do not resonate. Uh, particularly as those who would consider themselves conservative and one step beyond that, people of faith. And I consider myself certainly a person of faith. I'm a Christian uh, in the biblical sense that I have uh, understood my need of a Savior through Jesus Christ, have given my life to Him. And as I look at the world, I have to look at the world through that lens, through a Bible lens, through a biblical lens, through a faith lens, whatever language you want to use there. And when I do, it all seems so fake, so false. There's a a tenniness to it, if you will. Uh, You tap it, and it just doesn't sound right. Uh, Why is that? Well, it's because when you turn on cable television, when you turn on network television, when you look at uh, the big corporate media, what you get is narrative. What you get is spin, and very little of what you get is factual or the truth without that spin attached to it. And so what we've seen has been a rise over the last uh, probably 20 years or so, particularly as the internet has come along and as media has become more dispersed. What we've seen are these alternative, they're called now, it's funny we use the words alternative media because really that's becoming mainstream, but the alternative media sites, uh, those who can host their own platforms on the internet where people like you and I have access to these sources 
anytime, night or day. There are live shows there perhaps, but they're all archived. We can go back and watch them. We can view them through social media platforms, on websites. There is a lot of access for us, similar to the show that you are listening to or watching right now. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, There are some in this space, this alternative media space, who have led the way. And those who have led the way are also those, unfortunately, who most often are censored by uh, corporate media, um, the the market of large media. They're censored to keep their voices quiet, but they've been leading the way for a long time. One of those sites, one of those sources is InfoWars. You are, I'm sure, familiar with InfoWars and Alex Jones. He's been on the front edge of this for a very long time. And because of that, he has been censored (laughs) for a very long time. And yet he and his team are still out there uh, doing what they do. And it's awesome to have with us today Owen Schroyer, who is the host of The War Room on InfoWars. And uh, man, what an incredible conversation. A very enlightening conversation and one that I think in a lot of ways should call many of us to action. We need to look at the world around us, understand what is happening, and respond to it. And we talk about that today. Please enjoy this conversation with Owen Schroyer. most notably the host of The War Room on InfoWars, and uh, really excited to have him join us today. Owen, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. I'm glad you guys are doing this podcast. The more people we have out there that love freedom, love America, love God, getting on the air and doing podcasts like this, the better is the way I see it. What's crazy is when we started, to your point there, we started this podcast, and uh, a lot of folks said, we don't need another podcast, and uh, the response has been incredible. <laughs> so uh, there are a lot of people who are trying to find the truth, and it's just it's hard to find. Well, I can understand people seeing kind of the watered-down you know, market of podcasts right now. It's understandable to think, oh, you know, we have enough, there's too much. But no, I don't think we can have enough. That's like saying we've got too many soldiers in a battle for freedom. And so I don't think you can have too much. One of the the crazy things right now, too, considering where we are culturally, societally, is truth is very, very hard to find. A lot of people are talking, but I think very few people are saying anything. And so trying to find places that are um, not super partisan, I guess, but are willing to just dive into the truth and go wherever that leads us is, is really important. I think it's very important right now. And I don't think it's just the truth. I mean, a lot of people may try to tell the truth or try to get stories right, but I think there's an aspect of just real talk that you don't really get. It's just, you know, like me and you sitting down at a bar or sitting down for lunch and just shooting it like two men would over a meal or a beverage. You just don't see that. That's kind of old school talk radio that's kind of being reinvented in the podcast format right now. And I think that that's what people are looking for. I remember one of my biggest mentors growing up who I worked for for some years in media said, the one thing that you can learn in this in this industry is to find a void and fill it. Mm. And so I was in sports media and I saw a void in political media, which was like you just said, people telling the truth or people just having real talk about these issues. So I tried to fill that void. I think you guys are trying to do the same. I see a lot of people filling that void now and for the general public that's not used to conversations like this, you know, in quote unquote media, right. I think it's part of the the great awakening we're seeing in America right now where topics like, hey, stolen elections, what do you think goes on with those? Or, hey, what's going on with these vaccine mandates? Something's wrong with that. Just real talk, man to man, woman to woman, man to woman, everybody listening. I think that that's a void that we're finally starting to fill. 
Yeah. Do you, um, a lot of people are talking about kind of the death of corporate media, the death of uh, mainstream media. Is that a real thing? It, it seems like they're out there all the time. We talk about how they control the narrative and all these these things that we talk about. Do you see from where you sit a death or a slow death or a march to death of mainstream media? You know, I think that depends on what we're going to put as the definition for death, because to me, the mainstream media has been dead for a long time. I mean, as soon as you realize it's the agenda-driven media, as soon as you realize that uh, they're not in it to tell you the truth or give right. you the full story or even the story at all, that's when they kind of die to you. But I think as far as a mass public you know, consumption is concerned, it's still alive because it's still on air. They're still putting out their propaganda right. points. Uh, their false narratives still have consequences on this country. You know, look at what happened in Kenosha and then uh, Waukesha. To me, that's a direct result of mainstream media propaganda and false narratives. So it's still alive in that it's still functioning and it still has um, a purpose, I think, in what we see is this one world communist corporate government that's forming. But to the viewer or consumer of news that can actually think rationally or think for themselves right. or, or determine what's real and what's fake in media, I think that it's been dead for a long time. Yeah, its influence has gone away. And that's how we would define death, I guess, is it's just not the influential voice it once was. Yeah, and I'd say there's more people now. I don't remember the last time I saw a, a poll or a statistic on this, but you know, Congress is well known as having the lowest right. poll ratings or approval ratings right. by far. The mainstream media is now starting to flirt with those low approval ratings. Yeah, which is great to see. I, lo I love seeing that. Um, Tell us about yourself. So this is, you and I were just talking a minute ago. Uh, you, you have an extremely popular show on an extremely popular platform. Um, but what's your story? How does someone go from, you know, being a child with full of hope and dreams to uh, <laughs> having one of the major shows on InfoWars? What's your story, uh, kind of the road that got you here? A young child, so naive with the whole world in front of him. You know, um, I was in sports media. Sports media was always my dream, or just to be involved with sports somehow. And, um, you know, by the time I was in high school and not the best baseball player or basketball player, I realized, yeah. you know, I'm not going to be a professional athlete, but I still wanted to be around sports and around the games. It was always fun to me. And so in high school, I started writing. By the time I was a senior, I was the, the senior editor of the paper, student paper, did the same thing in college. Uh, by the time I was 21, was already on air doing sports broadcasting, had my foot in a bunch of different sports doors. But what happened to me, and this is something that's, that's, that's hard for people to really believe, and so I try to emphasize this, I hadn't consumed or viewed or watched any news or current events type of news media in my entire life. I mean, I can't, I mean, zero. I'm talking <laughs> right. zero. Like that's nothing. like the people that say they've never had McDonald's. People tell you that, and you're like, yeah. that, can't, that can't be true. But it's, it's true. true. <laughs> just, just completely nothingness. And it was always, it was always sports for me. Um, and if I wanted to look at other things, I'd like, you know, music and culture and entertainment. Yeah, right. But it was, it was always sports for me. And that's where I looked at uh, my, myself going as far as a career. Like I said, I had my foot in a bunch of doorways. And what happened when I first turned the, the cable news on to, to follow current events, the first time was actually uh, after the Boston Marathon bombing, because that mm. was kind of the first time, at least in my career in sports media, where the two worlds kind of collided. Yep. Yep. And so I was watching mainstream news for the first time in my life, not just for updates on the Boston Marathon bombing. I mean, that's what I was trying to get is news there because I kind of have this 
I kind of have this uh, shortcoming, I think, of character where I have to be right. Like, I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> so I was the same way in sports. Like, I wanted to know the whole story about anything I was going to cover in sports. So I was looking at all these places I never did for news on the Boston Marathon bombing. And when I was watching the cable news for the first time, it just, it was so synthetic to me. Like, I right. didn't even have to be told it was fake. I didn't even have to be told it was agenda-driven. It was just like, as soon as I turned it on, I could tell that it was fake. It was like biting into a fake apple. Like, you know what an apple feels like and tastes like? You know what one is plastic as soon as right. you try to bite into it. And so that's what it felt like to me. And all of a sudden, I just, it kind of, it kind of just, opened my eyes it opened my mind and it eventually changed my heart into thinking you know sports media maybe isn't the place for me and then i took the words of of a great mentor of mine who said find the void and fill it and i said wow this is a void and so that's when i started to kind of dabble in news and current events and politics started to get involved in in activism started listening to people like alex jones and 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 really starting to hone in on on mm. voices that i've been listening to my whole life just because they were on the radio like rush limbaugh and michael savage and eventually just found my home in political media. And I mean, in a way, I feel um, I feel extremely blessed, which is it's kind of a weird, sad way to say that I'm blessed. But the political media front was so pathetic, really, that I was able to basically go from no experience in politics and news and current events and media to being one of the, the top uh, shows on the Internet, the InfoWars yeah. War Room in less than 10 years. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, that is impossible to do in the sports world. Mm. I mean, literally, like, you're, you're, you're scratching and clawing for 30 years to get where you want to be into that market unless you're extremely fortunate. So, I mean, I found the void. I, I filled it, and I feel like it was, it was always going to be my destiny yeah. considering where I'm at now. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. What was your upbringing like? Did, were you raised in a very conservative home? I mean, what was your framework when you looked at the news for the first time and said, this is fake? How did you determine that. I've heard people talk about, uh, you know, the best way to know if something's not real is to completely understand what is. (laughs) If you understand what is real, what is authentic, then when something comes along that's not, you'll recognize that. How did you recognize that? What was the background behind that? You know, it's hard to put my finger on it. And and I always bring up, because I'm asked this a lot, and I always bring up an old quote, and I forget, I forget the, uh, the person that said this first. But someone said, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I would describe pornography, but I'll know it sure. when I see it. Right. And so it, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's just like, it's like biting into a fake apple. You don't have to be told the apple is fake. As sure. soon as you bite down and you don't feel the, the texture of the skin and the juice of the apple, you know that it's not real. So it was just, it was just kind of an immediate thing. Like, huh, this is odd. These people don't seem to be telling me the truth. Mm. I've, I've done enough research to know they're leaving out some of the story on this stuff. 
and it just kind of once once that momentum just starts rolling there's no taking it back yeah. i mean maybe my upbringing had something to do with it as far as like morals are concerned i was i was raised in a conservative christian household um i was fortunate enough to go to private school through through high school uh catholic elementary schools and then a christian high school i'm so i'm so thankful for that so that may have something to do with it because mm. when when i got more involved and I started really getting involved around uh, the, the Ferguson riots, the Mike Brown riots, and that was my hometown of St. Louis. And when mm. I was sitting there and I'm, and I'm watching for weeks straight, buildings burn yeah. and, and cars yeah. burn and entire mm. city blocks burn and, and people and police officers being pit against one another. And it was, it was a really gut-wrenching, heartbreaking thing to see this happening not so far from where I live. I mean, literally like 10 minutes from where I lived at the time, just a short drive up the street. And to get to get home every night at like three or four a.m. after watching the city burn, yeah. thinking, you know, none of this needed to happen. Why is this going on? And it just hit me. It's the mainstream news. They lied about hands up, don't shoot. They were immediately on the scene, fomenting violence since day one. Uh, the whole the whole neighborhood was put in a compromising position. The police officers were put in a compromising position. I think they could have done a better job too. But it just it just hit me, laying there. After seeing this night after night, just thinking, this doesn't have to happen. Why is this yeah. happening? Why is this going on? And it just kept leading me down the same path of it's the mainstream news. It's the corporate news. It's the cable news. And I still stand by it to this day. I mean, even Obama's Department of Justice wrote on the record that hands up, don't shoot ever happened. <laughs> right. But if you go out to these events and, and they still chant hands up, don't shoot, something yep. that never happened. What is it about that narrative, though, that a lot of people don't understand or are unwilling to see or unwilling to understand. Uh, one of the purposes for us to do this show, this podcast, is to, you know, we'll say at the top of uh, the show, we want to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. So it's about providing good content, good information, so that the listener can navigate a culture that's constantly in shift and constantly in flux. That's happening, but why, why is it happening? And this is a question that I struggle with um, as someone who's very conservative, as a Christian, who has kind of a faith perspective on everything in life. I, I, I'm always asking myself, why is it so hard for people to see how fake that is? Uh, whether it's hands up, don't shoot, or the complete narrative around the uh, Kenosha shooting, right? I, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's videos. Uh, there are... Um, folks who were there, it was very, very clear. It should have taken 15 minutes to come back with a verdict, and yet it wasn't. And then even when we did get through that, and thankfully it turned out the way that it did, there are many, there are prominent pastors who I've seen in the last week who said what a tragedy it is that uh, Rittenhouse didn't go to prison for whatever they think happened. Why are some people either unable or unwilling to see how fake that is, and they just go along with it? You know, I think this is a conundrum that a lot of us are dealing with because, you know, for, for us as Christians, we're, we don't hate anybody. I, I may really dislike your views or ideologies. Right. I may despise the propaganda that's being fed to you, but, but I don't right. hate individuals. And so we see these individuals being so deceived by the media. And to us, it's like, you know, again, I mean, to go back to the fake apple analogy, it's like, okay, you bite into a fake apple. Right. Right. It's like they keep biting into fake apples thinking it's real. And, and we're just kind of left here in a state of confusion, like, right. how is this still going on? And, yes. and, and it's a hard thing to describe. I mean, the, the Bible talks about, you know, demons and, and possession. Is there an element of that going on? I mean, seriously, like, there's times where I kind of sit back and scratch my head, like, are yeah. we even dealing with humans at this yeah. point? Like, these yeah. people don't even, 
aren't even recognizable as humans. And, and sadly, what I think I think that it's a it's a it's a dichotomy of what drives them is really hatred. I think that it, it's a hatred that's driving these people. And there's a psychological default that says, I hate, I hate these people so much, which they've been trained to hate by the mainstream media, by Hollywood, by certain politicians. They're trained to hate their opposition. And so there's this default reaction of, well, I hate this group of people and what they stand for so much. It's the old, you know, chop off your nose to spite your right, face sure. uh, phrase that, that they're willing to go against all rationale, all common sense, all logic, everything to stand for something just because we hate it. I mean, if you if you wind the clocks back five or six years, I mean, I remember I would go to Democrat leftist liberal events and they were all anti big pharma. Big pharma was one of the biggest enemies of the liberal left. Now they can't wait till big pharma right. conquers the planet. It seems right. like what, <laughs> right. what happened there? And I think it's because they've been trained so much to hate that their hatred overwhelms their logic and rationale. And so it's just a default response is I'm going to go up against who I'm told is my enemy because I hate them so much even if it hurts me in the long run. And then the folks who they're using as kind of the tools to accomplish this are the masses, people who are willing to receive that information. What, what does the average person get out of going along with the agenda, whatever that agenda is? What, what do they get out of that? What does the average person get out of hating Kyle Rittenhouse or hating you know whoever they hate? We all hate somebody right now. <laughs> you, you have to hate somebody. That's part of being alive right now. Um, what do they get out of that? I mean, what's the benefit to that? Is it, I just need to be on a team. I want my guy to win. What is the average person with kids and a, you know, bills? How do they benefit from this? Well, there's the one, there's the one phenomenon that we see all the time is it's what you just said, wanting to be on the winning team. That's why, you know, a team wins a football championship or a baseball championship. They sell more hats and T-shirts than ever because right. everybody wants to be a part of that winning team. So maybe they think that that's the winning team, and so they kind of go along with it. But I think also it, there's an aspect of misery loves company. I think that a lot of these people are just miserable in their own skin, miserable in their own lives. They don't try to, you know, change their lives to make themselves happier for whatever reason. And so they just embrace the misery, and they want to try to make everybody else around them miserable too. Right. Because uh, misery loves company. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's it's a misery loves company thing. And and when you see some of these leftists, when you see them at the abortion protests, I mean, you can tell they're not happy people. They're not sure. healthy people. Sure. sure. And so I think they try to drag you down. And maybe they really think that they're on the winning team. I mean, maybe they really think because of the echo chambers of Hollywood and mainstream corporate news and their favorite politicians that maybe they feel they're on the winning team. Yeah. Sadly, uh, the winning team is God's team. It's not going right. to be anything political in the U.S. It's going to be God. Right. And that's that's really what what they've abandoned. I think one of the things that has become very clear. So, you know, you don't know my background, but I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. I was in the Marine Corps and then pastored a church for a long time. Um, I work with veterans now in a faith based nonprofit. So my entire worldview is is a biblical worldview. But it's interesting, there are blind spots, and I think the last year has really illuminated that when the Bible talks about principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, it, the global agenda is not a lot of human people, I don't think, coordinating what they're going to do. I think there really is an underlying dark spiritual force that's that's coordinating all of that. And, and man, it's become so, so clear, not just something we talk about, but you can point to it, you can see it, you can understand it's happening. And my hope has been 
that people will understand that it's God's team. <laughs> it's not. It's not about politics. It's not about any of these things. It's about uh, what the Bible has spoken, what it has ordained and proclaimed, and that we need to align to that. And I, I'm I'm very hopeful that people will move that direction. I think one of the things that's been discouraging to me. Um, on that, though, has been the number of pastors, the number of so-called, you know, quote-unquote religious leaders who have decided that they would just go along with with what the world is telling them to do. And I just, it, it, it absolutely blows my mind. And I've had to stop following people on social media, not because they care about me, but because it just makes me so angry to see people who should be proclaiming God's truth um, so invested in whether it's critical race theory or in the intersectionality stuff or, um, you know, whatever. It, it's so discouraging. And, man, the lines are certainly being drawn. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of Christians are suffering from the lack of a church or a community to, that yeah. they can find to go to where there's a, a pastor or a priest that is saying the things that they believe and want to hear and not the propaganda that they are right. so sick of seeing on TV. I mean, I, I remember, because I, and I actually think there's something else going on with this too, and it, it may be a minor thing, it could be bigger, but I remember when uh, Drag Queen Storytime, you may be familiar yeah, with sure. uh, Drag Queen Storytime, when that was really becoming a thing here in Texas, I mean, it was hitting schools, libraries, and churches, and I went down to a church in San Antonio that was that was doing a Drag Queen Storytime for kids to go cover it, um, really just to get footage. I wasn't even planning on making a fuss. I, I was just going to record it so people could see what was going on. Yeah. I already been kicked out of a few events and I realized, <laughs> hey, you know what, the best thing is to just film it so people can see it right. and uh, not really try to go bust it up. And I was approached by the pastor of this church and some of his help um, after the event concluded and it and it hit me. You know, I've been around Christians and, and Catholics my whole life. I mean, that was the that was the life that I was raised in. You can recognize when somebody is a false prophet. I mean, it's sure. really not that hard to tell. And uh, just the way this individual who claimed to be the, the pastor of this church approached me and talked to me and tried to intimidate me and wouldn't answer basic questions that any pastor or priest should be willing to answer with right, a smile, right. wouldn't answer any of them. And it hit me. I said, you know, there's there's something else afoot here. I don't know if it's th this in these individuals here or a bigger issue where they're trying to take advantage of tax breaks or mm. they're using these facilities as as something else other than just a church or they really have some weird drive to take over the church for this this new ideology of lgbtqia plus and drag queen story time <laughs> right. and sexualizing the kids but it but it hit me in that moment i was like wow we're dealing with a situation where we don't have even christian men this is not right. even a christian man who's running this church this is something else entirely and it's it's a, it's a shame because a lot of people are just are just sheep i mean even even christians are sheep they yeah. just don't know any better and so they listen to the the pastor and they just believe what he says you know, so he says hey we're a gay church now then okay he says hey we're gonna have drag queen story time for yeah. kids they say okay well that's what that's what the church tells me then that's what they believe it doesn't matter if it goes completely against the religious teachings of christianity for thousands of years yeah yeah, whether it's orthodox or biblical. I mean, it, it, this has never been something we've accepted. Uh, you talk about Christian men. This is, I think the, the war on gender and so forth is is an assault directly on men. And I would say Christian men, men who have the truth that they can hang on to and the ability to stand up as men to speak that truth and defend that truth and defend their families and their society and you know their communities. Um, 
but this is a question. I, I did a podcast on this, uh, a different podcast, a couple weeks ago. And, and the question, the leading question was, where are the men? <laughs> where are they? And this is, again, something that's been so troubling to me. Not to say there aren't some men standing up for truth and right, but but when we go back to the you know the 40s and the 50s and and earlier, of course, and we go back to our founding and see men willing to stand up and take whatever it was that would come their way. Where are the men? Why why have men abdicated their responsibility when we need them so badly right now? I know there's not an answer, but why are they going away? uh, I think there are a couple answers, though. I think that you know men have have really been attacked a lot, yeah. like you're saying, by the, by the modern-day media um, to kind of be more docile and take a secondary role and, as far as leaders in society. But I think, too, that one problem that we have with Christian men in positions of leadership is they're constantly hedging. They don't want to be 100% on board with something. Mm-hmm. They want to leave a kind of a buffer zone or, or a safety net for themselves uh, for whatever reason, I guess, in case they get attacked or things go wrong. Instead of just just being 100% on board, I mean, it, it, it's sad, but that seems to be the case, whether it's standing against uh, all the division that we see, whether it's standing against all of these uh, medical mandates that we see, right. there, there, there always seems to be a hedge. There's very few men that stand up and are a 100% firm on their convictions and beliefs without any hedge. And so I think that that's the problem. But, you know, I, I think that we're starting to see that trend change because it's just undeniable. I mean, people can't deny... Uh, just everything we're seeing right now. There's the Satanism everywhere, the statism mm. everywhere. We're losing our freedoms everywhere. We're losing connection with God everywhere. We're losing the nuclear family. And I think people are finally starting to wake up and realize how dire the, the straits are right now. And, yeah. and, and maybe they'll stop hedging, realizing that this hedging is what's gotten us here. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think raising our, our children to understand what it is to stand up and to um, as you mentioned, stop hedging. Um, how, how did you end up at Infowars? What's the story there? That's that's not just conservative media. That's you know very aggressive conservative media. How did you end up working with Alex Jones? So I was doing my own thing when I was when I was in sports media. I had my own YouTube channel. I was doing kind of my own political thing because I wanted to start to potentially move my career in that direction. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen because uh, I was. I mean, my career was already in the sports media, so it was kind of a mystery thing. But I was doing my own thing. I had a pretty popular YouTube channel at the time, and I was going to events. And what what I think really got InfoWars' attention was I would go to events, whether it was Trump rallies or the RNC, and Mm -hmm. and I'd I'd have videos that would get millions of views, specifically of me debating in the streets, if you will, uh, liberals and Trump protesters and just... I mean, embarrassing them is the best word that I could say. I mean, really, they embarrass themselves. Right. They're pretty uh, shallow, just, so yeah. Yeah, but I would just capture it on camera. And, um, I mean, that, and, you know, that's the one thing about when you, give your, when you give your life to God, you know, it's a complex yet simple thing. It's hard to fully explain. But, but when you accept that, you know, when you put your life in God's hands, it kind of is almost there's a, there's a lot of a pressure relief there. So mm. I wasn't really thinking, oh, I really want to get a job at InfoWars. Yeah. Oh, I really want to yep. get a job yep. here, yep. get a job there. I just said, I'm going to do my thing here. I'm going to put put my faith that God is going to put me in the right place where I need to be. And then after a couple viral videos and meeting some of the InfoWars crew, uh, they called me up in uh, summer of 2016 and, and hired me. That's awesome. Uh, what a great point you make there, too. There's so much angst amongst so many people. When you talk about men hedging, I think that's a big part of it, right? It's a lack of faith. If your confidence is in God and His plan, 
Um, I, I've spoken a lot about this, but uh, this summer I preached a series of messages at my home church from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We know these verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But, but there is some action involved in that, and the action is that you have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? <laughs> you can't be driven by emotion or what's happening around you. Um, it's not trusting in your heart, it's trusting with your heart. And that faith aspect, man, it is so freeing because now it's about what does God want for me? And that opens up incredible doors like like this one. Um, Yeah, that's a good word. And I think that would remove so much of the tension that I think good men who are scared men are feeling right now. And, you know, we go through hardships. It's it's, you're always going to go through hardships in life. The the most. The, the richest, the wealthiest, the people that seem to have it the easiest go through hardships, just like the poorest people. It may not be as rough or seemingly as rough, but everybody goes through hardships. And so it's, it's, not, it's not letting those things break you, but understand asking God, why are you doing this? Why am I going through this? What is the lesson in this? And then, and then growing as a person through that lesson. And, and when you approach hardships and when you go through obstacles in life with that mentality, you, you really do come out stronger on the other side versus resenting those yeah. moments in your life, yeah. um, complaining, becoming a victim because of those hardships. That's, that's what chips away at your soul and what chips away at your humanity instead of persevering and saying, this was part of my journey. I'm going to be better because of it. That's great. Um, if you had a prescription for getting America back on track, and you know, we kind of avoided any particular or specific topic today, but so many issues we could talk about. I mean, so many. America's off track. I think we would agree on that. If you had a prescription, what were what would those two or three things be? We have to do these things to get back on track. I mean, I say this a little tongue in cheek, but I guarantee you it would work overnight. Deport all Democrats. <laughs> Point so, number one. We'll check that box off. <laughs> uh, if if we could just somehow shut off the mainstream cable corporate news and just get it out of our consciousness, I think that would be. That's that's a more viable, realistic solution. We obviously mm. can't deport all Democrats. That's like I say, kind of tongue in cheek, but I guarantee it would work. But it's really it's really the mainstream media. I mean, the mainstream media is the biggest enemy of this country right now. It's really just so diabolical. You know, e- every day I wake up, or every day I go to bed rather, and I'm and I think, wow, they just never stop, do they? They just never stop lying. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's Kyle Rittenhouse or all this other stuff, they just never stop, and they just don't care. They watch cities burn. They watch people get murdered. They watch lives destroyed, and they have no remorse. They just do not care at all. And so if we could just remove the mainstream cable corporate news networks from our consciousness, remove their influence over society entirely, I think that this country would start healing a lot quicker because from all different all the different spectrum spectrums of political ideologies and beliefs in this country, guess what? I think at the end of the day, we all probably want the same thing. We all want to be free. We all want to be able to pursue happiness. We don't want the government in our lives. We, we want to have private property and privacy. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's really what everybody wants, and everybody's going to have a different path to get there, and everybody's going to have a different experience. But we get all these other things thrown into the mix that divide us, and so we can never come together on the things that unite us. And, and that's what the mainstream media does every day with no remorse. So yeah. shutting it down, removing its influence from society, I think would be a great healing factor. Uh, you started by saying we need to have more conversations where we're you know, just sitting and talking. And I think one of the challenges to shutting down the mainstream media or corporate media is censorship. And it's kind of corporate censorship. I know InfoWars has been on the front line of this for a long time. How do you address that in this this kind of 
uh, ideological battle that we're in? How do you deal with censorship? Well, we've been asking ourselves that for, I guess, almost three or four years now. And legally speaking, there have been some debates and options on the table. But what it comes down to is it's just another thing that you just are, we have to deal with now and you have to persevere. And, and so what you see is the other day, Axios wrote a story saying that right wing media now lives in an echo chamber. And, and I guess they don't see the irony here. They ban thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of conservatives from big tech platforms like right. Twitter and Facebook and right. YouTube, like President Donald Trump. So we have to make our own things. That's the free market. That's right. one solution. <laughs> right. Make your own thing. Right. OK, so we make our own thing. And then they write a story in Axios that says right-wing media now exists mm -hmm. in an echo chamber. Well, that's because you kicked us out. Right. Like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> we had to build to our own house. Yeah. yeah. And now we all live here. So right. I mean, call it an echo chamber. Call it whatever you want. That's just us trying to get around your censorship. So I mean, in the free market, that's that's the answer: is creating your own thing. It sucks. Maybe it's not fair. It's it's difficult. But but that is the the answer in the free market. And that's why they're trying to destroy the free market. That's why the Democrats are doing everything they can to try to remove people's banking, remove people's servers. I mean, just going after all the infrastructures that we would have in a free market to even exist yeah. in the economy. They want to go after all of it. So it just shows you that they're really afraid of the message. I am so open for debate. I'll take a debate with anybody. I'll take a debate with somebody that hates my guts. I'll mm. take a debate with somebody that loves me, somebody that agrees with me, somebody that disagrees with me. I like it. I think it's healthy. Iron sharpens iron. They don't want the debate because right. they don't actually have confidence in what they believe. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, Owen, I'd like to talk for a lot longer, but I know you have other things to do, like your show. So, so we'll, uh, we'll end here. Um, love to have you back on and talk about some maybe more specific issues that are happening, that we're dealing with in our culture and our society. Where can people follow you? Um, InfoWars, obviously, we're so thankful for the work that uh, you guys are doing there. Um, really a very strong voice for, for truth and freedom. But where can people follow you and the work that you do? The best place to go is band.video or freeworldnews.tv. Both the links lead to the same spot, but some of those links get banned on certain uh, servers and sure. browsers and, and big tech platforms. But band.video, like B-A-N-N-E-D.video or freeworldnews.tv, that's our own platform. We're always there. Uh, we do have some other uh, We have some other social media platforms that uh, I, I am on right now, Getter is one uh, that I'm sometimes active on. I like their new live streaming capabilities, good for Getter. Uh, and then I also have a subscribe star that I kind of do some some off-the-wall content, movie reviews, music reviews, stuff like that nice. uh, on my subscribe star. But the best place to go for the political stuff, the street interviews, and my everyday live show, 3 to 6 p.m. Central, is band.video. Just click on the picture of my face that says War Room, and that's where you'll find it. Awesome. Owen Schroyer, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. And, uh, again, hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, I had a great time, Jeremy. Next time that Chad's on, too, we'll get, we'll get back on, all three of us. We'll do it. Awesome. Thank you, Owen. Thank you. So grateful for that conversation. One of the things that platforms like this afford people like me is the opportunity to speak with people like Owen. And, uh, man, so great to have that connection. I'm very grateful for the work that he and others uh, there at InfoWars are doing. Um, it's so important. And, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit even in our conversation. You don't have to agree with everything that's being said. But the fact that there are more places that you can receive information and more places that you can get those perspectives, the better off all of us are. And, and Owen said this, this is not a competition situation.
situation. It's it's us out there doing our very best to deliver the very clearest and most honest information to those that need it. When we talk on this show about giving you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture, that's exactly what we are talking about. And uh, so thankful that Owen would come on and spend some time talking with us. Great to hear his story and, and uh, really some of the things that he's involved in right now. Hopefully, we'll have him back on and we'll talk more about some specific issues that are taking place in our society and culture. Uh, But a couple of things that that Owen mentioned that, again, are very um, relevant in this moment. Media control. When we talk about so much of the chaos, the confusion, um, I like the word obfuscation. <laughs> it's this, it's this like smokescreen, uh, keeping us from seeing what's actually happening, and then making decisions based on what we think is happening when something else is really happening. Uh, all of that is a result, a consequence of corporate media, of this mainstream media. I asked the question, is the mainstream media dead? We talked about what does it mean to be dead? Uh, Really, it comes down to influence. Does the mainstream media still have the influence that it once did? Probably not, definitely not, but it still has influence. And so much of the chaos and the confusion across our country is because of the media. And it's very important that we recognize that, that we recognize what is false about a lot of that so that we can look for what is real, what is true, uh, what is honest. Very, very important. We talked through so many issues, and I think perhaps for me, one of the uh, most salient points that was made is that there is a spiritual element to everything that's taking place around us. Um, we might use the word spiritual warfare. Perhaps that's not a term you're comfortable with, uh, but there are unseen forces that are influencing what's happening in our country and around the world. We look at everything very much in our terms. Uh, we look at very, things very much from our perspective. We think everything is about flesh and blood, about politics, about perspectives. But there is an underlying agenda that is being pursued, both in our country and around the world. We have to understand that uh, that it is God who wins. It's not a political party or a government. It's not that type of agenda. It's God's agenda that ultimately wins. And to that end, we should do our very best to be aligned to that. We continue talking and came to, uh, again, a great point that men need to stand up and be men particularly those that claim to be people of faith, need to stand up and be men. What does that mean? It means stop hedging. Stop hedging. Make a decision, stand strong, and lead forward. Tremendous points, and uh, very glad that we could have this conversation. Thankful to you for listening along with us, and I look forward to talking to you again next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.